Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Adam Miller and today I'm joined by the man whose first name I read it or pronounces correctly at least 27% of the time, Gaby Mackay. Hello. On the pod today, it's not Olivier and Cham's fault he was minced last season, it's Scottish football's. Kilmarnock prepare for the Europa League and Alan Brazil calls Alfredo Morelos a screwball. How are you doing today, Gaby? Yes, I'm all right. Excited to be talking about Alan Brazil, obviously. Of course, of course. So we'll get to that shortly, but we'll start with Olivier and Cham, who caused a bit of a stir at the weekend when he told French newspaper L'Equipe that games come one after another, but with respect to my opponents, if the level isn't high, you don't progress. I was really disappointed not to have gone to Portal last summer. And then he talks about uh, being flattered to be linked with Marseille. So essentially, he's talking down Scottish football. Um, and he said it's not his fault that he was minced last season. It was Scottish football's essentially. I think that's uh, not necessarily taking the responsibility for his uh, underwhelming performances for much of last season. But what do you make of his comments? I just wonder whatever happened to the notion of, you know, you don't get a move. Like, just play well for your club and someone will come in and buy you. Yeah. Whereas, uh, so he said last season didn't get a move to Porto and has essentially spent the whole season in a sulk, not playing very well. And now his value's gone down, but and he's trying to force through a move to Marseille and saying that Scottish football's rubbish. You'd also think if he's saying that Scottish football is that bad well what does that say about the level he's playing at would that not maybe put off potential suitors if even if they've watched him in Scotland and presumably before last season when he was mint if they watched him before that thought oh he looks good he's essentially saying well you can't judge it by that because it's rubbish which uh which is a strange tactic I think it's very clearly he's just trying to force Celtic's hand he's trying to force a move to Marseille here uh Marseille, as we've discussed on the podcast many times, have real financial fair play issues, so they can't afford to spend big money. He's obviously just trying to put Celtic in a basically a difficult situation, try and force a move through, uh, which, well, you'd imagine he will eventually be moving on this summer, whether to Marseille or anyone else, but I think it's a pretty classless way to go around doing things. Yeah, we've gone through these names before, the likes of Virgil van Dijk, Andy Robertson, etc. Um, there's plenty of proof that impressing in Scottish football while it not while it might not be the best league in the world proving yourself there and developing yourself as a player can be an effective springboard um, to taking you to the very very top of the game so do you think he's sort of shot himself in the foot there a wee bit as you kind of alluded to saying you know he's talk, talking down the game to almost saying ignore how well I played in my first season you know well, I think he basically is. I mean, when you consider he was on the books at Man City, he couldn't break into their team, which, you know, fair enough, it's Man City. They've got a great squad. He then went on loan to Genoa and Serie A. They didn't want to keep him. So he's gone to Celtic, and he did impress at first, um, which obviously then caught caught the attention of the likes of Marseille and Porto. And I know he's played for the French under-21s as well. But he's now saying that he's been playing in, well, by his account, a league which isn't up to much. So he's basically saying that he couldn't cut it in the Premier League, couldn't cut it in Serie A, and he's done well in a league that isn't up to much. I'm not sure that that's the, that's the best way to convince teams no. to go out and spend whatever it is, 15 million quid on you. So do you think his attitude maybe held him back last season? I mean, as you talked about, in his first season, he was a really impressive player. He started off last season well, scored the only goal in the first derby of the season against Rangers, um, looked dominant in that game, and then 
he just gradually just seemed to disappear. Uh, Lennon, I don't think, fancies him much. I think he only started four games after Lennon took over in February. Um, and there were some performances in there like, uh, when the Celtic drew 0-0 with Hibs at Easter Road where he just looked like a complete passenger and everything seemed to be off with him. Do you think that that is an attitude problem with him or just a lack of consistency? Or? No, I think he probably does have an attitude problem. I don't think anybody can doubt his talent, but you saw last season he didn't show that talent nearly enough. I mean, I thought he was actually quite good in the Champions League qualifiers, again, when he's probably trying to get into the Champions League, play on that high level. But he didn't show it much throughout the season. And I think if you look at his career, again, he was at, he was at Genoa and he did well in patches. But he, you know, he never, he never really did enough to convince, convince him to keep him. He also got stopped for speeding, I think, four times, and then turned out he didn't have a driving license, which <laughs> isn't necessarily related to what he does on the pitch, but may speak to a certain yeah. uh, level of uh, discipline and rigor in his mm-hmm. uh, off-field life. And I think he's definitely a player whose attitude has, to a certain extent, held him back in his career. And I don't see why coming out. I mean, you know, in, in the age we live in today, anyone can go on Lee Keep's website and read what they say, yeah. or even if that interview may have been behind their subscription mm-hmm. paywall, is going to get back. Like, like that interview is going to get back to Scotland. Yeah. So I don't understand what he thought he was doing about it. It's not even one of these sort of, you know, really clever kind of transfer news. You know, like uh, Mino Raiola, the agent. Now, yeah. he put, he'll put out interviews. He'll put things in the press, which are cleverly done, and you know, to try and put pressure on a club to sell or buy a player or whatever. This wasn't that. This was just him talking nonsense just running his mouth basically yeah which has come back and it's made him look bad it makes celtic look bad and it probably obviously it won't put off potential shooters completely because that's not how the world works but if you're looking at signing a player you might kind of be going hold on do we really want a guy who's going to be spouting his mouth off and insulting everyone it's an interesting point you made about the kind of immediacy of those comments in the keep finding their way into scottish football circles so i can remember when when I was younger, you you would get these stories about so and so has spoken to Lakeep or Corriere dello Sport or whatever, uh, and these stories could be plausibly denied by the players because it would take that long for it to come out in the Scottish press because this was pre-internet or certainly before the internet was uh, widely available, and then you could go oh, I could get lost in translation and there there would be a certain way for the player to sort of hush hush it up or the club to hush it up but within Cham, that the minute he's saying that, someone's googling in Cham at that moment, they see the interview, run it through Google Translate and immediately his name's Dirt. Um, so yeah you'd have to probably question his attitude at this point. Yeah, I mean obviously Google Translate isn't perfect but it doesn't no. take you out of context enough for in Cham no. to go actually I was being really nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll move on to your specialist subject which is Kilmarnock. Uh, Kelly returned to European action for the first time in 18 years this week with a trip to Wales to face Connors Key Nomads. Gaby, you were there for the club's home ties 18 years ago and you'll be soaking up the rich heritage of Connors Key on Thursday. What are your memories, first of all, of Kilmarnock's last European adventure? Uh, well, I mean, I think I was 10 years old, so not... Uh Hugely vivid. I remember that Chris Boyd's first start, I think, was against the home leg against Glenavon, Northern Irish team. He had to go off after 10 or 15 minutes. I think he dislocated his shoulder. And I think it was a 1-1 draw against Viking in, in the home leg. I think the home leg was first, and then they went over to over to Norway. And I think were, by all accounts, quite, quite roundly beaten. Uh, but obviously, 
you know, there are a whole generation of Kilmarnock fans who've never seen Kelly, you know, in Europe. You know, if you were if you were born uh, the year, the last time Kelly were in Europe, you know, you'd be almost old enough to drink now. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it's a big it's a big deal. I think there's a lot of people heading down. It's not actually in Connors Key. It's been moved to Rill. So a lot of people are going to be sampling yeah. the delights of Rill. Um, uh, going to, I think, a pub down there to watch it, those who don't have tickets, which when I googled the first result that came up was something about indecent exposure, so I'm not <laughs> sure what cultural delights uh, Rill holds, but... Are Kelly fans going to be bringing the indecent exposure to Wales, or is this... If you've ever if you've ever seen um, people from Kilmarnock on a beach, then yes. <laughs> don't go to Irvine Beach on a sunny day, would be my advice. <laughs> so, nudity aside... What what's the what's the mood like among Kilmarnock fans ahead of the game on Thursday? It's quite positive, I think. There's a new manager in. Uh, we have well, we haven't had official confirmation of the new signings, but the the Romanian goalkeeper is definitely signing because he's been posting pictures on his Instagram of Rugby Park with a rain emoji, which I feel he's going to be getting used to using this mm-hmm. season. Um, yeah, it's a. I think there's a lot of confidence. You know, Connors Key. While not being underestimated, they were in the Challenge Cup last season, and to be fair, got to the final. But I think they had a reputation as being very much a sort of direct physical team rather than anyone with any great uh, skill. Um, they also have the their manager Andy Morrison, who now I'd like to say for legal reasons I can't say that he wrote his Wikipedia page himself. <laughs> so all I'm going to do I'm going to just like read some of his Wikipedia page, and I'll just let you, Adam, and the listeners at home decide whether he wrote this so himself. That, so this is what you've been doing on your phone? I just thought you were being really rude. No, no, no. <laughs> I've, I was uh, looking at Andy Morrison's Wikipedia page. Right, okay. Um, it says on here, Morrison is remembered by Manchester City fans as one of their best ever captains. Played 24 games. <laughs> so, I mean, maybe he was great in those 24 games, and maybe he does, but I'm not entirely sure about that. Uh 2015 he was appointed at Connors Key and he took them into Europe for the first time, fair enough and this makes it in um, in 2016 Morrison won the 20th edition of the Footballers Golf Classic at the world famous La Manga Club in Spain, defeating Kenny Dalglish in the process <laughs> right, okay. that's made it on there and uh, just, 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 just finally, um, in August 2006 Morrison pleaded guilty to four charges of fraud concerning income support job seekers allowance and can- council tax benefits which is obviously a bit of a, a rum business. Mm-hmm. But it does say at the end of the article that he was dissipating the capital very quickly, spending his own money on operations. He blames no one apart from himself. He's not financially astute at all. He's very naive when it comes to finance, and he has little or no knowledge of the financial world. Does, <laughs> does, that, not, does that not remind you, is it, was it Harry Redknapp? What was his excuse? That is... Yeah, yeah, that he, yeah, he just well, there was something about his dog had a bank account, but yeah, he basically <laughs> didn't know how to use a phone and stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair to Andy Morrison, he blames no one but himself. But the fact that all that's made it onto the Wikipedia page makes me think he may have had a hand in uh, sculpting this Wikipedia page. It's always interesting when you you realise your only way out is to pretend that you're incredibly stupid. Like yeah. that's your only, only way of <laughs> absolving yourself of any guilt is I'm actually too stupid I to have too committed stupid this crime. Well, like there's yeah. Paddy Kenny with his uh, infamous uh, Nazi salute that wasn't a Nazi oh, salute because he'd never yeah. heard of the Nazis. <laughs> um, so, uh, what would you say is a, like a realistic ambition for Kelly in Europe this season? Well, it'll be. You'd have to hope they'd be able to beat Connors Key. With all due respect to them. Then it's partisan Belgrade in the next round, which is a really it's a tough game. Yeah. You know, anywhere in Eastern Europe gets the tough place to go. Sort of trademark, really, mm-hmm. doesn't it? 
Eastern European cracks. Yeah, Eastern yeah. European cracks, yeah. Uh, febrile atmosphere Sorry, and all I the rest of it. Sorry, I was just reading it. your search history. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, yes. Uh, so it'd be, di- it'd be very difficult to get past them, I would have thought. But uh, if possibly they could squeeze past them, then I think the kind of third qualifying round would be basically a dream come true. I think I don't think any Kelly fan realistically expects to get to the group stage. It's interesting with the with the transition from Clark to Alessio. Um, obviously, there's a lot of positivity generated by the appointment of Alessio and it being an exciting name and not the same old faces. But you, obviously, there's no guarantee at the same time that uh, the success of the Steve Clark era is going to be maintained. But given how well Kamarnik played last season, how consistent they were, um, and how they were not just able to... Uh, finished third in the table but to have beaten both Celtic and Rangers last season that has to assuming and it's a big assumption but assuming Kelly get past Connors key nomads um that those kind of results from last season surely have to give Kelly confidence going into a game against the likes of Parson and Belgrade yeah no that's thing that's I think that's a very good point yeah certainly in the last couple of seasons under Clark Kelly have actually, I think, been better against teams where they're expected to to lose or not expected to win, where they can sit sit deep, hit on the break, stay compact. So yeah, you're right. That might that might play into their hands. Obviously, we don't really know exactly how Alessio is going to set up. I imagine he wouldn't want to change things too dramatically because Clark did so well last season. I did see the friendly they played against uh, Dinamo Bucharest because I'm sad and I have nothing better to do. <laughs> and it did seem that they were going for sort of a more patient sort of building out from the back kind of style, which I guess you might expect with an Italian manager, but I can't imagine there'll be huge changes. And yeah, you're right. I think if you take the results against the sort of bigger teams from well, certainly last season and the like the second half of the season before, then, yeah, I think Kelly have every reason to be confident that they could do well against the bigger teams. It just depends how much better uh, Partizan Belgrade are. You know, it's obviously a difficult time of the season. I, don't, I have to say I haven't seen much of Partizan Belgrade, but yeah, it's right at the start of the season. It's, it's obviously difficult for teams. Do you think between now and the end of the transfer window, I mean, obviously a lot depends on um, the game again, the games against Connors Key and then potentially... Partizan Belgrade, but do you think there's much left for Kelly to do in the transfer window? Yeah, I think they need to replace the players who were on loan last season, the ones who left. Uh, so Malumbu's left, Ishbola's left, uh, Bachman's gone, he's presumably been replaced by uh, the Romanian lad who's on loan from Juventus, which I'll just never get tired of saying. <laughs> um, uh, and there was Liam Miller who was on loan from Liverpool, Conor McElhenney. So there's a few who were on loan who've gone out. Most of the sort of permanent transfers were kind of tied up on long contracts. So the the basis of the squads there, I think they certainly need a bit more depth. Uh, Malumbu has been released by Celtic, so maybe he could come back. I don't know. He's away playing for Dr. Congo in the African Cup of Nations, although they got knocked out last night. Uh so I think there is a lot to do, but you know, if you're a club like Kamarnock without much budget, you don't want to sort of spend your budget early in case a player becomes available later in the window who maybe Kamarnock isn't his first choice. But if it gets to, like, you know, Greg Stewart last year, yeah. uh, I think it was deadline day he signed. And, you know, if you'd already spent the budget that would go on him back in July, you wouldn't be able to get him. So I think uh, th- I think for a club like Kamarnock, it pays to be a bit more patient. Well, definitely seems like exciting times for Kelly with the game coming up on Thursday off the back of such a successful season and with the appointment of Alessio, I think things are still looking up. 
Um, we'll move on to our last topic now, which is Alfredo Morelos and specifically comments made this morning on Talk Sport by Alan Brazil, a man that Vladimir Lenin would describe as too red. He called <laughs> Alfredo... That was a joke specifically tailored for you. <laughs> I um, enjoyed it. Uh, so he called Alfredo Morelos a screwball. Um, so Ray Parler, had, the former Arsenal midfielder, was talking about the potential of Morelos moving down south, specifically to Crystal Palace. That was the club that he mentioned. And Brazil, while acknowledging the sort of goal threat that Morelos had, basically said, the man's a screwball, he needs to curb his temper. Um, it's a strong language, but do you think do you think it's a fair assessment of Morelos? Uh, well, I mean, to say he's a screwball, I'm not sure he is a cocktail made of whiskey and orange juice, <laughs> which I think is a screwball. Um, I think, I mean, the language isn't particularly uh, nuanced or helpful. No. But it's clear that Morelos does have disciplinary problems. I mean, he was sent off, what, five times last season. You know, uh, if you're, you can't be easily, that easily wound up if you're playing in a league with Scott Brown and Kirk Broadfoot, yeah. both <laughs> of whom managed to get reactions out of him, which, you know, you'd think would... Uh, you, you know, he will have been told before those games, look, these guys are going to try and wind you up, and he still couldn't He couldn't keep his temper, he couldn't keep it under wraps. I don't think there's, there could be anything more mortifying than realising that you've been outwitted by Kirk Broadfoot. <laughs> <laughs> well, quite. Yeah, a man who, lest we forget, was outwitted by an egg. <laughs> So, yeah, and I think that will definitely affect his value because these days when clubs look at transfers, they look at everything to do with the player. They look at their personal lives. They look at their injury history. They look at their disciplinary history. It's not just about, look, he's a good player. It's about how they'll fit in to the existing squad, how they'll settle living in another country, which we assume Morelos would obviously be able to do. He's lived in Finland. He's lived in Scotland. He would obviously be able to settle in well in London. But the disciplinary thing is an issue because there's no way that people having seen him be sent off five times here, the first thing any Premier League defender is going to do is give him a wee niggle, yeah. try and wind him up again. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's sort of a, it's like a vicious cycle. The more you react to it, the more you'll be wound up, which, you know, because, and Rangers fans would say, and they'd be right, that, you know, Morelos is wound up more than other players. He is, because players think he'll react. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see players doing the same to, I don't know if I could pl- pl- pluck a name anywhere, but Odson Edward, right? He doesn't yeah. get the same treatment. You know, the little niggly sort of kicks on the ankle, maybe yeah. a, sort of an accidental foot down the back of the heel, yeah. like a wee nudge off the ball. He doesn't get as much of that stuff because he hasn't shown a propensity to react to it, mm-hmm. whereas Morelos has. So if you're if you're Kirk Broadfoot or you're Scott Brown, the first thing you're going to do out is, I'll just try and wind him up, see what happens. It's a, it is, I think, the good point you've made there is that with Morelos, it could be off-putting to new clubs and it's almost it almost reached breaking point, I think, last season with uh, Gerrard when after the Celtic game, the defeat at Celtic Park in March, Gerrard himself said, look, I can't defend the guy any longer and Gerrard had always been very protective of him and clearly he's still involved at Rangers, he's been given another chance. But I think that might have been a turning point. We might look back on that as a turning point in the relationship uh, with Morelos and Rangers, the fact that Gerard couldn't bring himself to defend him anymore. Um, I, I think with Morelos, it's also worth considering that the guy is still in his early 20s playing football in a completely different environment from what he's been used to. However, he has been here two years now. Um, even the St. Joseph's 
uh, I think Casciaro, I think his name was, St. Joseph's player, he came out in the press the other day and said, we're going to go and try and wind this guy up. And St. Joseph's on paper aren't anywhere near the quality of Rangers, but they could they know that their best hope almost of getting a result against Rangers is to reduce them to 10 men, which is always a possibility when Morelos is on the pitch. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a good point you make about, about Gerard not being able to defend him. And I'm sure that's because, you know, that was before, I think I think the week before was when he sort of got away with uh, one on Broadfoot, when Broadfoot sort of stood on the back of his heel. Yeah. And he sort of got away with that one. And I think it was the game against Celtic was the next weekend. And you can guarantee Gerard would have been in the dressing room going, look, don't let them wind you up. Specifically, don't let Scott Brown wind yeah, you up yeah. because you know that's what Scott Brown's going to do. And it was, what was it, 10, 15 minutes into the game? I can't remember, but I mean, I remember watching it on television and the camera's down the other end of the building. Oh, something's happened. And then Brown's on the deck. And and you know, the minute you saw it, you're like, Morelos. Yeah, it played right into his hands. And it it didn't take Scott... Scott Brown didn't need to be a genius to to do that, to pinpoint that vulnerability. And Morelos just walked right into the trap, didn't have any excuses. And I think it's all very well... Some people were saying, oh, Scott Brown's behaviour, blah, blah, blah. I think Scott Brown did what anyone would have done in that circumstance, pinpoint a vulnerability and, uh, you know, take advantage, which is what he did. And also, that's just what Scott Brown's like. I mean, you know, complaining about Scott Brown being a wind-up merchant, it's like, you know, it's like tilting at windmills. Like, Scott Brown (laughs) will do that. Yeah, like, absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm not I'm not necessarily defending. It. I think Scott Brown can be classless at times. I yeah. think he, I think he can. You know, he, he can, I can understand why he really gets under the skin of opposition fans. But that's what he's like. Yeah, I think Brown. There's an element of Scott Brown. You see it in players like maybe Stephen Naismith. Probably a few other examples where you go. You know, this guy absolutely. If you're playing against him, you guys, I hate this guy. He's absolute, absolute nightmare. He's classless or whatever. But you'd always take him on your team. You'd rather he was in your on your team than playing against you. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've got a, a friend who, when he's a Celtic fan, and when the Republic of Ireland played played Scotland a couple of years ago, he said to me after, like, you know, I never realised how much of a bleep Scott Brown is <laughs> yeah. until he was playing against my team. It was nice of him to bleep himself out. It was, yeah. Quite, uh-huh. quite convenient for our podcast yeah. today as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with Morelos missing quite a few games last season, uh, from January onwards, Defoe, Jermaine Defoe was in as an understudy and he ended up getting a decent amount of games by the end of the season. Acquitted himself quite well, um, but at the same time, he'll be 37 in October. Can you see him at any point dislodging Morelos this season or will he still be an understudy? Well, it all depends on if Morelos stays, I guess. I mean, you know, we've we've heard things that he's moved out of his house in Glasgow, so he obviously, I guess, thinks he's going to be on his way. So it depends if Morelos stays. I guess it would be a little bit of a risk to have a striker of that age as your your main striker. Now, Defoe obviously looks after himself incredibly well. We know he follows like a vegan diet or whatever. Yeah. And let's not forget, the season before last, Chris Boyd was top scorer in the Scottish League, <laughs> and yeah. he... Uh, I think it's fair to say, doesn't follow a vegan diet and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you can never tell with, with strikers, you know, the the old cliche, like the legs have gone. Strikers can decline very quickly yeah. uh, from one season to the next. I mean, again, we have a good example. Boyd scored two league goals last season, yeah. both from the penalty spot, having been the top scorer in the league the year before. You saw it with Fernando Torres uh, yeah. uh, when he went to Chelsea and it was never the same player. Yeah. Uh, Christian Vieri would be another one. You know, it, it can happen that a striker's mm-hmm. legs just go. Now, I'm not sit for a second saying that that will happen to Defoe or has happened to Defoe. He certainly looked very sharp in pre-season. But to have a 37-year-old striker as your sort of main 
striker, your main goal threat for the whole season. You never know what yeah. can happen. Yeah, and it looks like Lafferty's probably on his way as well. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's good. Thailand or somewhere he's going to. I think I heard Qatar, possibly. Right, okay. Yeah, I knew yeah. he was linked with uh, with Thailand. Uh, I, I can't see why Kyle Lafferty would want to go to a place like Thailand. but. And on that note, that's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before 4pm, just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter, which is at football underscore Scott. To ask a question or make a comment to us individually, you can get me on at oldfirmfacts1 and Gaby on at Gaby Mackay. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening.